what do you feel like that activity will do for children? If it's just a very early primer, this is how I'm going to start incorporating music into my homeschool. What does that activity do for us? Mm-hmm. I think it it builds their attention. Hmm. Um, you know, in a like that. 30-second TikTok video world. And I do think it helps them that. recognize beauty. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mary, yeah. that's an excellent element. I love they recognize beauty. You're listening to the Homeschool Music Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Haberer. I'm a homeschooling mama and a music educator. This is the show where we talk all things homeschooling, music, and motherhood. My hope is that you'll be encouraged, supported, and inspired in your homeschooling journey. I'm so glad you've joined me. Let's get started. Mary, thanks so much for coming onto the show. I'm delighted you're here. Thank you. It's so good to finally connect with you. Yeah, we've been wanting to, I think we've kind of been going in circles when we've been wanting to kind of connect with each other, but never really had the opportunity. And I pursued her and, and got her on the show. And so I'm so glad that <laughs> she finally said yes. But Mary, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Uh, well, let's see. I am a not quite 50, uh, mom of two. Beautiful. Um, my oldest is a sophomore in college and my youngest is a sophomore in high school. Um, I've been married for 23 years and, uh, we have not always homeschooled. My daughter went to public school until the beginning of third grade. Uh, and then, I pulled her out Thanksgiving of third grade, and she was homeschooled all the way through. My son never went to school. Uh, So I'm a recovering public school teacher. I taught for 10 years before I had my own children. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And I I used to teach private piano. I've taught cherub choirs. Mm -hmm. I do all different kinds of music wherever I can find kids. Mm Uh, we try to make music. That's amazing. So. Tell me a little bit about, I guess, that part of your homeschooling journey where you pulled your daughter out because you're very, you were very specific on the date. You remembered it, and so there has to was there mm-hmm. a story there, an experience that led you to um, to make that decision? Well, you know, we had we'd been considering homeschool, uh, and then I had some health issues when she was probably first and second grade that prevented us from doing that. But by the time we got to third grade, I was tired of volunteering in her class. Mm. And um, the teacher would always put me with a group of boys, five desks together, that needed a disciplinarian to sit there while she taught math. Mm. And that was my the extent of my volunteer work. <laughs> and we would stay up late at night reading beautiful books mm-hmm. Uh, I would find myself um, deprogramming her with some mm. of the science lessons that were coming home. Okay. And so I don't know why it was Thanksgiving. I think that's when we finally snapped. Mm. Um, I do remember it was an election season mm. and they took all of the children into the cafeteria and had them watch uh, our president elect uh, address them as school children. And something about that just didn't sit right with me. You know, I just, I would not have chosen to have her watch that if I was at home with her. Uh, And so we just said, 
enough. Yeah. You didn't have the impression that homeschooling was kind of strange because it's interesting, you know, coming from that public school sphere, I did. I thought, you know, yes, public school has its problems. I understand. But homeschoolers are just so weird. I mean, they wear purple and green socks on the same kid, you know, Mm -hmm. on opposite feet. And so how does that you didn't have any preconceived notions about what homeschooling could have been or was before you dove in? Oh, yeah, I did. I did. I said I would never homeschool. I had a friend who was homeschooling her children successfully, and I said, well, (laughs) she just doesn't want to figure out what she's (laughs) going to do with herself when they go to school. Mm. She's just too attached to her children. Interesting. I'm really ashamed that that I, you know, that I said those things. (laughs) I love to hear. And one of the reasons I probed and asked is because it's, it's very similar to my story. It's very similar to so many other moms that said they would never do that. Mm-hmm. They left that sphere, their home, and they love their children. They want to spend every waking moment when their children, and they I mean, obviously, I mean, there are some times where you're like, just give me five minutes to go tinkle, um, you know, but other than that, it's you, you love the companionship of your family. And then you start to recognize that there's freedom and liberty in that. And so you're like, oh yeah, I'll never go back. <laughs> right. And so I love to hear those stories. And so, well, let me ask you a little bit about music education. You were a former music teacher in the public school arena. Is that correct? Yes. Tell mm-hmm. us about that. Uh, well, I majored in uh, music education with an emphasis on piano and choral education. Yay. So, yes. Yeah, so then I taught general music for about 10 years. Um, so it was anywhere from, you know, pre-K through sixth grade. We and I, you, I'm sorry, Mary, go ahead. No, no, no. That's okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, I just, I, I loved it. That's still my, that's what I love to do. What did you love about so. it? Because you're seeing so many different kids come in, right? It's not like you're working with some one group consistently throughout. I mean, you're working with them throughout the year, but you have a steady flow of children that change every 45 minutes. And so, right. Yeah. I think it was probably just um, the happiness Mm. and the fun that we could have together and the light bulbs. I love that. that would go off. And because, you know, we were talking about Title I schools, mm-hmm. I taught mostly in underprivileged schools. And so mm-hmm. they thought I just fell from heaven. <laughs> so <laughs> it was that. just, you know, just hugs and yeah. it was a lot of affirmation selfishly, oh, you know, you know that's <laughs> all lovely. day long. Well, it just goes to show that music makes an impact in a child's life. And even yes. when there isn't music learning through an instrument, Music is such a powerful agent in and of itself. And so when you bring that into a child's life, yeah, it's almost like you begin to expose who they are, who they want to be, who they could be, who they imagine they could be. And then they enjoy that and take hold of that. Um, And it's such a beautiful experience to witness, I think. So let me ask you, we talked a little bit about this before we hit record, but one of the questions I had had for Mary before I, I started recording was how she felt music education, did she feel that she had to contend for music education? And so let's talk a little bit about that. When Here you are in the public school system. Um, and Did you feel like your place was as important or significant as reading, writing, second grade, fifth grade, whatever grade level it is or content area? What no. was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, in fact, you know, I was telling you, I was just going through all my old teaching files. And, you know, we had a whole month, March, it was just music in our schools month mm-hmm. where we would basically make our case to everybody yeah, about like to be an attorney too. So, okay. <laughs> right. About how great music, music is. And, right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, you know, in my first job, every school had a music teacher. Mm-hmm. 
Then when I moved, it was much different. Hmm. Schools were sharing music teachers or music teachers were on carts or, you know, we were art and music, you know, as long as we had, I believe it was like 51% of our content teaching had to be done in our degree area. Then they could use me 49% in another area if they had Wow. Okay. I'm sorry, Mary. <laughs> that makes that I don't, I very rarely get angry, but that makes my blood boil. I mean, well, when you actually said music on a cart like that right there, just finished the conversation for me. I just, and listeners right. have heard this before, but I can't tell you how many times as an administrator I'd have to contend for, and as a musician myself, and then being in this principal role had to contend for my music teacher on a yearly basis, uh, mm-hmm. because it was, she was seen as superfluous, as ancillary, as extra, as Yeah. And so, wow. So I'm guessing not only did you do music in your setting, you could also do other things like be a hall monitor or, um, you know, do bus duty or something like that. Oh, oh, yes. I mean, the the PE teacher and I ran the most efficient breakfast duty (laughs) ever. We were really, but that was a really good way to get to know all the kids, to practice all their names, to make connections with them. However, trained musician. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) Who would have laryngitis from standing out in the car line at seven in the morning on cold days. Oh, Mary. Do you, well, let's (laughs) move that down. Now you're a homeschooling mom. What do you do? Because I, I'm such an admirer of your work. And so share a little bit of what you do now. Okay. Well, um, when we first started homeschooling, I started a blog homegrownlearners.com that is still there today. And I still write on it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I started to notice um, that there weren't a lot of quality music appreciation resources. Mm -hmm. I had my kids taking piano lessons, guitar, ukulele, you know, playing all different types of things. We sang in choir, but there was no music appreciation to speak Mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. So that's when I went back to my teaching days and remembered how I'd always done super quiet, uninterrupted listening time. Mm -hmm. And so I started putting squilt lessons out, um, just giving them away. Where did the name squilt come from? You know, and I I give credit to it on my website years ago in Music K-8 magazine. Mm -hmm. Somebody had written in with the idea that they did that in their classroom. Super quiet, uninterrupted listening time. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't connect that here a second ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I did that where, you know, when I would teach, we would always have a squilt bulletin board. We would have squilt repertoire. That's neat. Um, so I started writing these squilt lessons. I love that. Yeah. Which, and in a squilt lesson, you know, we're getting kids to listen for tempo, mm-hmm. dynamics, instrumentation, mood, all the essential elements of music. So people really liked those lessons, uh, but my husband and I decided, you know, I was spending a lot of time serving a lot of other people, but not taking care of my own shareholders at home. Hmm. I understand uh, that. <laughs> I've yes. been yeah, accused of the same. Okay. <laughs> yes. And it's a I think it must go with being a musician. I think I so. Know. Interestingly enough, it's almost like um, musicians' children are not often well-versed in instrumentation. Uh, I know my own child <laughs> lacks in piano lessons. Why? Because I'm busy teaching everybody else. And so it's uh, interesting. Right. Shame, yes. but yes, very true. <laughs> yeah. So we started um, 
we started Squilt um, like officially seven years ago. That's amazing. Yeah, I am. Actually, I went to a blogging conference and I rode home all the way from South Florida to Atlanta with a good friend of mine who blogs at Chalk Pastel. Yes, I know. Chalk Pastel. Uh Trisha Hodges Uh um, and her mother, Nana, is the Chalk Pastel guru. Mm -hmm. Well, Trisha and I, we made a deal with each other that we were going to put out our first product within a certain amount of time. Um, And we've been kind of working together and spurring each other on ever since. Yeah. And so it's really, we used to just be downloadable volumes. And then three years ago, I hopped on Zoom and did a music appreciation lesson, and people loved that. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. So we said, well, let's make a membership. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was September of 2017. Wow. Okay. Three years at the time of this recording, a little over three years. That's amazing. Oh, yes. Mary, that's just such an innovator. I have such admiration and respect for individuals that have preceded even the work that I, because I've been doing it privately here in a studio, but mm-hmm. I had only affected a small geographic area until I got smart and was like, wait a minute, I, we can expand this. <laughs> Every single child should have access to holistic music instruction. How do I make this right. happen? But you as pioneers, you and some of the other guests I've had on the podcast are just in inspirations because it's, you know, tell me a little bit, we've talked about how we had to contend for music in the public school setting, but here you are now potentially contending for the value and importance of music education in this setting. Do you you feel that same friction or that same tension? How were your lessons received and within our homeschooling community? Mm. Well, I think I'm, I'm getting very spoiled now because (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, a lot of homeschool moms, they desire what most people think are the extras Hmm. for their children. Yes. Um, But I still, even now, I will say, oh, but look, I can, I'll tie this into history. I'll tie this Mm -hmm. into reading. I'll tie this. And that's not a defense. That's a beautiful thing I can do. But Uh sometimes I still see it as a defense. Sure. Like, look, music is really important. Because you've been having to fight for music for so long. Right. I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But what I see now, and it's really cool, especially like my kids, if I have kids that have been in classical conversations or any kind of a program where they do timelines, Mm -hmm. my kids automatically, they'll hear a composer and they'll put it on a peg right with some event in history. Mm -hmm. And that to me is really cool. Yes. That we're talking about how music shaped history. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and the personalities behind music. Yeah. There are just so many directions we can go. Oh, I love that. Oh, that is so amazing. So, okay. So tell me, let's see. Do you feel though, you're, you're talking about a little bit of a defense, but in the beginning, because you have to say you're kind of a pioneer in this space in that sense. Did you feel like mm-hmm. you had to make that same contention? I mean, I know homeschool, some, I mean, us as homeschooling moms, we obviously want the unconventional most times. We pursue the handicrafts. We pursue the things that the public school setting doesn't typically have time for or maybe Mm -hmm. even interest in because we feel that those enrichment activities further enhance your homeschooling experience. Would you say that music education was one of those things that you had to slowly kind of almost create a permeated culture of value for um, in comparison to the other content areas that we work with? Yeah, I think so. Because like I said, there wasn't anything there. There wasn't a lot there. And um, you probably know Carol Reynolds Uh uh, from Professor Carol. Well, she was a professor of mine 
um, in college. Okay. And so she's been paving the way mm. for a lot of music in homeschools. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. And so I get a lot of inspiration and advice yeah. from her too. Um, but it's interesting to see how all these methods, they all advocate for music. Mm-hmm. But usually yeah. it's people don't know how mm. to do it or they don't feel qualified. And why do you think that is? I guess because they think you have to read music, mm. because they think it's something lofty. Mm-hmm. And really, um, I was just telling somebody the other day, I think when you talk about truth, beauty, and goodness, music is the easiest thing to give. I agree. <laughs> because I all it takes is, is ears, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Just ears mm-hmm. and some time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think it resonates with each one of us individually, but it resonates. Um, yes. I have always made the contention that we're born, and this is based on some of the research that I've uncovered and stuff. They took, um, and listeners have heard this before, but they took a three-day-old baby. This is at a lab out in Canada. And they put this, I don't know what mother would have allowed this, but they take uh-huh. this three-day-old baby and they put this baby through an MRI machine and they turn on music and they see that the music, the brain just lights up all mm-hmm. sorts of fireworks going on in the brain. And um, then they turn the music off and they have the mother sing to the child and fireworks all over, again, all over the baby's brain. Then they turn, they have the mom stop singing and they have her start speaking to the child and the same fireworks, like the exact same places of the brain are lighting up. And so the contention, the argument there is, the kind of the conclusion that they came to is, is it possible that we are born musical creatures where we interpret our own mother's voice as music before we begin to learn language? And I would would say yes. Mm. And so I find Mm. that amazing that, all you need are ears, right? And that yeah. resonating experience with music um, and music learning will be there. And yes. so, and I love that you're providing that vehicle. You're you're literally the driver for that. And I just think that's oh, that's just so amazing. Well, I I love to tell people in the months right before I had my daughter, we were learning um, the little spiritual all night, all day. Angels watching over me, my yes. Lord. I must have sung that song a hundred times because mm-hmm. I had kids coming in and out of my class yep. tons. And I was so big, I was just really only sitting. And they would sit around me at the piano and we would <laughs> sing. It was very sweet. But when she was little and she would be fussy, me playing that song oh, on the you're piano. Make me cry, Mary. Yeah. Okay. I know where you're going with this. Okay. <laughs> that was the only thing that would soothe her. Really? Um, yeah, it was really powerful. That's still like one of my favorite songs. Wow. Um, so yeah. And that's when all that, you know, all that research about the Mozart effect mm-hmm. and all that stuff was coming out, yeah. I guess, right around the turn of the century, yeah. actually. <laughs> Amazing. And it's just, then I would say, make an argument to me that music isn't intrinsically valuable. You know, I mean, especially after your experience and and the research that's out there, that's beautiful. I love that. Especially I mean, now, too. I think at oh, this absolutely. moment in time, our kids, they just, they need it. <laughs> absolutely. What would you yeah. say to homeschooling families that don't, that are stretched essentially, or they feel that they can't afford, that it is an ancillary element, mm-hmm. that it is something that's extra. What would, what is your message to those families? Mm-hmm. Um. I always encourage people to just take a very little bit at a time. It seems like most people do a morning time now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I say, even if you have like two minutes, Mm -hmm. three minutes, a beautiful piece of music, lay your head down and listen to it. Mm -hmm. If you do nothing else, 
Um, I think that that is, and I have a lot of people, you know, we have a listening calendar, monthly listening calendar, and a lot of people will do just that. They'll Mm -hmm. use it as part of their morning time. I love that. And that's kind of how they get started. And then after a while, you know, I had one, (laughs) right. I had one lady that wrote to me and she said, my son keeps wanting me to play Bach. How can I get more? Oh, this. Bach. As I've got to tell you, oof, Bach, that's what's one where, I mean, pianists all have their, you know, Rachmaninoff and, you know, we all have our favorites, but Bach was one that he would hurt my heart, honestly. Yeah. So to have a child asking for Bach is pretty impressive. Right. I know. I had another little one yesterday who loves the pipe organ. And I said, oh, that's my favorite instrument. And here he was seven years old and he loves the pipe organ. That is amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. So we have, um, okay, we're listening. Do you feel like just that little activity or actually before I even put the words in your mouth, you tell me, Mary, what do you feel like that activity will do for children? If it's just a very early primer, this is how I'm going to start incorporating music into my homeschool. What does that activity do for us? Mm-hmm. I think it it builds their attention. Hmm. Um, you know, in a 30-second like TikTok video world, um, <laughs> this is, you know, I had my 20-year-old daughter was telling me she feels like her attention span suffers after mm. she looks at TikTok. Interesting. I said, well, well, then don't look at it. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but how interesting right, but, that she was yeah. intuitive enough, intuitive enough to yeah. recognize that there was a gap or a difference there between yes. yeah, her focus. She's a musician. Huh. So maybe that will save her. Right? <laughs> maybe that will save her. Maybe it will. How um, interesting. Yes, but I do think it helps them with their habit of attention. Mm. And I do think it helps them recognize beauty. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mary, that's an excellent element. I love they recognize beauty. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, I love that. Mary, it has been such a joy. I could literally go on for another hour, I think, just picking (laughs) your brain about all kinds of things, but I won't take up too much of your time. Where can we listeners find you? And what I just, I really want to put out there that I'm an admirer of her work. I think that she really is, that Mary, you're really, I'm talking about you like you're not here. Um, (laughs) I'll leave. Just a pioneer. No, no, no. (laughs) Just a pioneer in in what you've done for music education. And so um, I encourage you to just, to keep marching forward, to continue to bring music education to families where worldwide. Um, it's, um, yeah, I think we need more of that. Cause imagine if it, with me, I guess my vision is this world where every single child played an instrument. Um, cause we know that it has neurological impacts. We know that musicians actually have bigger, better brains than non-musicians. We know that they're high, have higher executive function skills. We know that they can control their emotions more succinctly than a non-musician can. I mean, the research supports all of this. Mm-hmm. And so what if we had children all over the world, every single child played an instrument. It wasn't a luxury. It wasn't seen as, um, an extra extracurricular activity. Um, and I think that you are playing a part in that conversation. And I would love to see a world because imagine what our, you know, we're struggling at the time of this recording anyway, with the political landscape in our country, right. With the social aspect of our country, with how we interact with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with our colleagues, with people in in the parking lot of target, wherever it is that we are. Um, what if, yeah, what if we were different creatures changed by music? Right. I think that's, I, a, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I have to, um, I have to give a shout out to my husband because he is, was completely non-musical uh-huh. 
always supported my music career. Excellent. But he drove all of the technology and everything that came in behind Squilt. Mm -hmm. And now he is the biggest advocate. Oh, good. A convert. (laughs) Yeah. And and works full time with me to help. Good support all this stuff so we can convert people even if we have to marry them you know even if i have to fold their socks you know (laughs) gotta do their laundry whatever it takes (laughs) i love that oh mary it has been such a delight thank you where can listeners find you Uh, well they can find me at homegrownlearners.com that's our homeschool hub and then squilt that's s-q-u-i-l-t squiltmusic.com and that's our curriculum hub and then i'm on instagram facebook all over what are your what are your handles we'll put all the information in the show notes but i'm um typically on ig where are you on ig yeah we're connected but i'm at squilt music and for homegrown learners i'm at homegrown underscore learners. Okay. Very good. We'll put all of that information in the show notes. Mary, thank you for taking the time to come on. It's just been so delightful. I'm sure we're we're connect. We will connect again. Definitely. (laughs) Thank you. Bye for now.